Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We're joined today by Luis Perez, a graduate of North Florida University, December of 2015. Luis has over two years in the real estate business under his belt. When his scholarships dried up after his first year in school, Luis chose selling real estate over student loans for the money necessary to finish his degree. He enrolled in coaching to help him manage his schedule as a full-time student and a realtor. Luis was number one at his Watson Realty office in 2015 for units sold, the 2016 Jacksonville Rising Star real estate agent, and is on track to close $10 million in sales this year. When he's not selling real estate, Luis loves the beach, playing sports, discovering new restaurants around Jacksonville, and weekend trips to see his family in Puerto Rico. Now, let's welcome Luis to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. Mr. Luis Perez, thank you for being my co-host today for Real Estate Coaching Radio. I I, uh, absolutely love hearing from folks like you because you've got such a cool background. I love that little snippet from your bio that opposed you had decided to actually sell real estate while in college. Let's start actually out by talking about that because that's kind of an amazing story in itself versus getting student loans. I just love that. And I read that you sold 43 houses or something. Where was that in my notes? While you're still in college, talk about that. Yeah, that is uh, that is correct. First, thank you for having me. But yes, 43 homes uh, while going to school full time, let's just say I didn't, didn't really sleep too much during that time, but I had a good time. Uh, but you know, anyway, yeah. so I, yeah, say that again. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, I mean, we have, there's 114,000 people that are going to be listening to this show and, you know, over time. And the thing that always amazes me is the mindset that so many people have, uh, about your people's ability to actually use their time efficiently. And here you were in college at the same time you were selling houses at a level that's more than most full-time agents do. How did that work? How did you do that? You, you mentioned lack of sleep, and I totally believe you, but what other things for those agents out that are there, you know, wanting to figure out how to transition into real estate, wanting to understand how they can balance their time? Can you kind of just, what do you remember about those days? Right, well, it was all about prioritizing your time. Uh, at that at that moment, I knew since I was going to school full time as well as jumping into this career, I knew that I didn't really have much time to waste. So what I had to figure out is uh, to sketch, make a schedule. So I knew that our, okay, I've got classes from X amount of time, let's say from noon to five. So I knew that from the mo- early morning up until noon, I would be in the office selling real estate or setting appointments, and then I would go to school. And then right after that, I would go on the appointments that I set that morning. So really, it all came down to just being disciplined and every single day having a plan uh, for the next one and executing that plan. Well, I'll tell you a little secret, and I've never told our listeners this before, but I think uh, you'll appreciate this. While Julie and I were in college, because we met in high school, and we've been married for 25 years this year. That's not the secret part. The secret part, or what I've shared (laughs) before, is when we were in college, we were in college, we actually had a car cleaning detailing business called the Auto Spa. And we started that business right when we were, like when I was in high school and she was in high school, like our senior year. But then what happened was that that business really started to take off while we were in college. And we, too, 
were running a business while we were in college. So it really can be done. So you're you're a millennial, right? So folks that people seem to have a mindset that millennials are always looking for the easy road and are always based, you know, this sort of this sort of generational garbage that seems to be passed along. Are you finding that to be true? Are you finding that people your age are like engaged, working, looking for a way forward? Are you finding that they're basically all sitting around at Bernie Sanders uh, events? <laughs> well, I, I will say that I uh, people people do think I'm kind of crazy because uh, I am as far as from the uh, the group of, of friends that I have that are just recently graduated or, or just finishing up. I am one of the uh, I do get looked at kind of with odd faces when they see how you know how much I'm working, how hard I work. Uh, so yeah, I, I, w- I would say so. I'll give you I'll give you a little suggestion here that I wish someone would have told me when I was your age when Julie and I were working because we basically worked you know all through our 20s and our 30s really really hard like you are. Is that it mm-hmm. will take more it will take longer than you think for it to start showing dividends. So you'll be at events or you'll run into your friends and people you associate with same age whatever. And you'll ask yourself, you'll question your sanity. They may have real cushy jobs someplace, and they have more time off, and they're telling you about their vacations when you were the one working. The accumulation of what you're doing will take 10 or 15 years before you really can see that all the effort you've been putting in is really paying dividends. So give yourself patience and don't just, don't get discouraged. You, does that, does that oh, resonate I don't. with you? It does, yeah. and you yeah. know, I, I enjoy every second. I do. I enjoy every second of of the day when I'm, when I'm working here, you know, the way I see it is, you know, do what others won't now so I can live how others can later. So that's what keeps me going every day. That is absolutely good. So get that as a tattoo. That is the mindset to have my friend. So (laughs) real estate wasn't, real estate was an accident. Your family wanted you to go to college and become a doctor. Talk about that. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I come from a family of doctors, uh, in Puerto Rico, grandfather, uncle, aunt that everybody was in the medical field so i was i guess you can say i was supposed to be like the next generation of of doctors so when i went to to school i grew up in orlando moved to jacksonville uh to to uh study chemistry with the idea of going into medical school and it was never really i i like the idea of medicine because i like the i, I like the idea of helping people it was just the mm. chemistry that i would say was never really the a true passion for me and what I found was I was doing things just to kind of get by rather than enjoying it and being passionate about it so after after a while I ended up losing my scholarships losing all of my all of my funding to go to school and at that moment I had to make a decision you know, because I did start school and I wanted to complete it because I'm not just going to stop what I started, I wanted to finish it all the way through. So I figured, you know, how am I going? How am I going to do this? You know, I had two options. I can either take up student loans, maybe work a minimum wage job, and and work my way through there, or I can look into sales. At this point, I didn't know exactly wh- if it was real estate or or what I was going to do. I was I was just thinking sales, where I could, you know, I could make as much as I wanted. I could work my own schedule, and I could be a professional. So my dad is actually the one who suggested real estate. So I looked into it, I researched it more, and I immediately fell in love with the idea. It, it kind of resonated with me. So I immediately jumped in, studied, got my license. Uh, How so long did it take you – well, let's, well yeah. let's just pause there. How long did it take for you to realize that you don't make your schedule, own schedule in real estate, your clients do, that basically all the luxuries of real estate are kind of a myth? 
If you did, how long did it take for you to? You had to have figured it out relatively quick, or you wouldn't have been as successful as you've been. Well, yes, yes, and and no, and and that's actually one of the things that that I've uh, learned with your coaching program is that you got to have your your daily minimum standards. And what right. one of the things that I do is that I was able to I, I set a, a, a side of time and I said that afternoons are going to be my appointment time. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And to be honest, I couldn't do it because I, I had classes and I wasn't going to be skipping that. So really, I had that was my only choice. So whenever I would be meeting with customers and they say, you know, I want to go now, you know, I, I would always stick to my guns and I say, look, I have this time available or this time available, which would be better for you. So I found that whenever you stick to your guns, you know, your customers will actually see you as a professional and they'll go with it. That's the that's the, that's the the little hidden secret of people that a are professional and b a lot of times people that are you know working off you know I, I'm not we're not like waving the flag for part time agents believe me but the fact is the majority of the agents in the in the industry and entering into the industry do and should have other jobs it just makes sense because how everything costs nowadays you you know you need to have um, a hedge against one thing or the other until you've basically gotten real estate to the point where you spun it up where you make a lot of money. The old days of giving a new agent like you advice to basically say completely cut ties with another source of income uh, just doesn't make sense anymore. So, But you did say something. It's really important listeners understand it. When you do have a limited amount of time, you treat your time more seriously. And if you were to look at basically how much the average agent spends at work, whatever that is, let's say full-time agent, you know, where they don't have another source of income, they'll say 50, 60 hours, I'm sure. But then if you actually drill down to what matters most, what gets you paid, what puts you in a position of helping people, you know, the same agent who's saying they work 50 hours, they may maybe put in five or seven hours of actual activity that's going to result in a paycheck. So that, for you, has to be intuitive at this point. You know where to put your efforts and where not to put your efforts. Um, so how do you say no when someone was being demanding or someone's essentially asking you to do something that didn't, doesn't work around your schedule? Well, you just have to stick to your guns, and you have to be – and at this point, you know, if, when you, once you have your, your standards, you've know, you got to realize that you can't lower them for anybody. You, you practice business a certain way, and that's how it's going to be because the moment you start dwindling away from your standards, that's when things just ne- – they never work out. It, it always goes south. So when you stick to your guns and, you know, you just have to be okay with the fact that they might want to move on for something else. And at that point, you probably saved yourself a lot of time by not working with a headache client. You started out, and I'm sure you still do work with a lot of buyers. Are you – so that's um, something you're – are you transitioning to focus more on listings? Talk about that. Uh, yeah, so when I first started, it was mainly buyers. And the reason that was is that's just kind of what came e- the easiest. For some reason, I was attracting a bunch of buyers and the listing, and I wasn't uh, really prospecting for listings. I was just more kind of prospecting people with no direction, and buyers just happened to be what kept coming at me. Um, so now I am making the, the transition to working listings, and that is gonna that has actually been my main focus. So I've been going into the expires, the for sale by owners, as well as the sphere of influence. And I'm working now with my coach to expand that. So the buyer activity to start out with, obviously it's a lot easier to work with buyers. What it, you're and again, I was in, Julie and I were selling real estate at a similar age. So, but for our listeners, I think it's important for them to hear this. 
how did you like the buyers you were working with initially, especially like the ones you were still in college when you were, you know, essentially in your late teens, early twenties, and that age? How were you getting those buyers to work with you? Didn't you have to overcome the fear or their perception that you were too inexperienced? No, because there was something that uh, that I that my broker told me, and that was fake it till you make it. So I never really talked about my lack of experience. I think that it was really my enthusiasm and my passion uh, that I had when I would go meet with people that these people, they would want to work with me because of how passionate I was. And they never questioned. I never had an issue. My age was never questioned. It, was, it really wasn't ever really to the closing table that most people would even find out how old I was. And at that point, they were, I did such a good job for them that they, they were okay with it. And they refer to this day are still referring people to me. I hope our listeners are hearing what you just said. And the, to double emphasize what you said, please, you said energy and enthusiasm. And that truly, listeners, that really is probably one of the most, probably the top three important ingredients to success is having energy and enthusiasm when you're working with folks. Lack of experience, and let's just be honest, lack of skill will be easily overshadowed by energy and enthusiasm. People are naturally attracted to somebody who is attractive. And if you can have energy and enthusiasm in your voice and the way you present, and you can get them excited, you can get them confident. And, guys, it's just mostly being yourself and not overanalyzing, you know, all the types of things that cause people to not have that much energy and enthusiasm. You do that, you will attract people to you. The key, and Luis knows this, you can tell by listening to him he knows this, the problem with people that have a lot of natural energy and enthusiasm, let's say they're natural salespeople, just to put them in a, you know, a box, is that they have a tendency to believe that that by itself is going to get them into the end zone consistently. And what happens eventually is energy and enthusiasm will get them so far down the field, and then if they don't start learning skills, they're basically going to fumble. So, I mean, Luis, does that resonate with you? It does. And it, it kind of reminds me, I was, I was listening to uh, – to something on, on YouTube the other day where they were talking about listing presentations and this trainer had said that, you know, no matter what you have, all of your characteristics, that is the reason that they need to hire you. So, for example, I, my mindset is that, yes, my young age, I am young, I have a lot of energy, that's why they need to work with me. And for people who are older, you know, they have to have the mindset that, yes, that's the reason you need to work with me. So I don't see having any negatives. I think my personality and who I am is the reason that people need to work with me. Well, and your skill set, because you can get the job done and because you're somebody who's obviously interested in learning and improving. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. being, Being able to help people, being able to help people, like, you know, there's a natural attraction to people with energy and enthusiasm. But then once they get to know you, if you don't have the skill sets to back it up, right? If you can't get the job oh, sure. done for them, well, that'll be the end of it, right? So that's sure, good. you, you can right, only take so, it well, for so long. <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean, the whole, yeah. So let's talk more about how, what do you do for lead generation? You mentioned centers of influence and past clients. Everybody says that, Luis. Be specific. Help the listeners understand what you're doing. Drill down. I mean, isn't that pretty much it? Whenever you ask somebody what they do for business, they always say centers of influence and past clients. But drill down and say what you're actually, how you're actually cultivating that group. Uh, really, to, to simplify it, it, it's just staying in touch. It, it's multiple channels, whether it's a mix of, of phone calls, uh, you know, with social media now, social media has made it very easy to stay in touch uh, because before, you know, before social media, a lot of ways would be the, or really the only ways would be mailing, maybe email, uh, as well as phone calls. But with 
social media, it's made it very easy where, uh, you know, you can post things on there about your business, about what you're doing, you're engaging, you touch base with them, comment on their photos, and, you know, things like that is, it stays in their in stays top of mind because I'm not always you know you're not always advertising on Facebook or or Instagram or anything because then people think you're just spamming and they you know they they won't go away but you know something little techniques such as I will post uh, photos of a new listing but rather than saying check out my new listing uh, you know this is the price this is the square footage all the details that a lot of people quite frankly don't care about. I'll post pictures on there and say, oh, I'm really excited to post this listing. Uh, I really love the backyard and the kitchen. You know, it's little, little comments like that so it doesn't look like an ad. And when people see that, you know, they, they engage with it and, and keeps it in touch and keeps me top of mind. Well, there was a study done recently. This was fascinating that basically YouTube, who has mostly, you know, YouTube mostly has long format videos. Uh, like minute or whatever, and YouTube's growth has basically been flat. I think it's year over year, negative 2% as far as new videos uploaded. And what people now, just in alignment with what you just said, people are like loading tons and tons of videos onto Facebook. And the average Facebook video is 15 seconds. So what we've seen is a massive change in how people want to consume information. It's the reason podcasting works so well because they can just kind of, you know, it's easy to listen to. You can digest it. You can consume right. it anywhere and easily. You don't have to watch something. You can just listen to it. Well, a 15-second video is the same thing. So you might want to try that too, which I'm sure you already are. I don't even have to tell you that. But, yeah, that was cool <laughs> what he just said, guys. Hopefully you were listening. Just little quick snippet videos that goes a long, long way. And it doesn't have to be spammy. It doesn't have to be long copy. Just a little quick video and then load it up. Yeah, a lot of cool ways to leverage technology. So I, a question, though. If you could only do one thing, one thing to uh, keep in contact with your centers of influence and past clients, what would it be? What What channel? Such as the uh, phone mailing, no, 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 just yeah, exactly, emailing, phoning, uh, knocking on doors, let's say, dropping off pumpkin pies, Facebooking, Instagramming, tweeting. If you could only do one thing, what would it be? What's the most effective definitely thing you the, do? That's what listeners want to know. The phone, the phone, definitely calling just to touch base, a, seeing how you're doing. Why? Why? Well, why because it's it's personable. It's personable, and. You know, and one of the things that that I do is a lot of times I'll call, not necessarily to you know solicit business, but just call a past customer. Uh, you know, a couple weeks afterwards, hey, how are you? How is the? Uh, how are you liking the house? What have you done to change it? You know, get a conversation, make them feel like you care for them. Uh, it it really does go a long way. And when they and when they do come across people that are looking to buy or sell, you know, they just jump in their face, give them their card, and say, you need to call this person. He cares about me as as a customer not i'm not just a commission all right i'm going to ask you a question but i want you to think about your answer so the question is is when you call these guys because the big issue that a lot of agents have millennials in particular is they don't want to pick up the phone they only want to digitally communicate so you think about your answer and i want to remind everybody if you guys are not yet in our coaching program you need to seriously think about joining and rolling right away there are no barriers to entry every single one of you are pre-approved to get in the program it's only 99 it's like 99 dollars and 38 cents a month or something like that there's no payment for the first 30 days you it's a real live coaching call you get a private coaching call one per month and you get four semi-private coaching calls per month this is everything that Louise is talking about, that you know, the listing presentations, the buyer presentations, everything that you guys need for your business is there. 
literally, guys, there's nothing, there, centers of influence and past clients in the system, how to work for, uh, you know, BPOs in the system, how to go after uh, REOs in the system, short sales in the system. And literally, I think the list of lead generation ideas is like 60 or 70 things long. And as you guys know, we focus on teaching agents, listen to Louise, how to go after a business without buying it. So this means you guys will have the skill set that will make it so that you don't have to be constantly whipping out your credit card just to keep your business alive. So keep that in mind. This is a no-brainer uh, coaching program for all of you. And again, you're already pre-approved. You can already instantly get in it when you use our student approval program. Just fill out the form that's on your mobile device, name, email, phone number. One of our uh, four great team members will call you guys right back. And just by completing the form, no strings attached, we give you those six free books. And you can see them right there in the image. And if you're on your desktop, go to joinharris.com. All right, Luis, back to the question. You're calling these guys. It's something that most agents will just avoid like the plague. What do you say to these? How do you, how do you communicate with these people without feeling like you're being a pushy salesperson? Well, it all goes back to, be, to coming from service. You know, I'm not, I know that I'm not calling to – I don't have an agenda. It's really just about them and making and asking how they're doing and seeing what I can do to help. So when you come, when you go with that mindset, I think that any call reluctance or any nervousness goes away because, you know, you're going there to help them, not to necessarily get anything out of it. Dude, that's such a rock star answer, truthfully. And such a simple thing that he just said. You guys hear us talking about, like, saying these same types of things on the radio all the time. Now you're hearing it directly from a coaching client. When you have the mindset, and literally, guys, if it's something that's a struggle for you, just literally write on a piece of paper, what can I do for you? How can I be of service to you? Just write it out, have it in front of you, pick up the phone. And when you have that as your most dominant thought, what happens is it washes your mind free of all the fear, ego thoughts about what are they going to think of me? What am I going to say if they say this? What if they're pissed off because the transaction didn't, you know, whatever, whatever. You, when you're focused on being of service to that person, when you actually have that, your most dominant thought, they can feel it. They can sense it. It's almost like a psychological, spiritual connection thing that other agents, if they don't get that, will never pick up the phone and will never be able to make that level of connection. Guys, this is a little secret that for all of you I'm suggesting is an intuitive thing that you already know. Just put it in place. Um, so, But you do have some things, like if they ask about the market, if they ask about – like you do go prepared – to answer questions in the event that they would have a specific question, correct? Oh, of course. Well, I mean, I'm a real estate pro uh, professional. You got to know the market, and you got to know the the stats. So I always stay up to date with that. And if it ever comes up, I always know what I'm talking about. How do you actually ask for business when you're on the phone with these guys? How do you actually ask for business? Very simple and straightforward. Who do you know that is looking to buy or sell real estate that I can help? Oh, my God, that's a complicated script. <laughs> right? I know. It, it, it's, it's so complicated. It took me years to figure it out. <laughs> right? Well, so here's another – here's a little bit if, – if some of you guys will be like, oh, I can never ask a direct question like that. Well, let's soften it a little bit. Who do you know that I should be helping that needs to buy or, their, buy or sell their home? If that's easier for you guys to say that, say it. If you just say it once. If you just say it once, listeners, and you feel and hear the reaction of the person on the other end of the phone, I'm telling you, you want to say it constantly because it is like magic. Because they'll be like, what? I wasn't expecting that. Helping. Who do I know? Now, I'll fast forward this conversation. Louise, how many times, like let's say you put someone in your centers of influence and past clients, 
and you're calling them, how many contacts does it take, generally speaking, before you start seeing a return on your time? Like, you know, how, quantify it because, again, we have a fair number of analytical folks that are wanting to know, like, if I have a list of 100 people and I contact them every month and I, you know, have these conversations, how long will it take me to be, hypothetically see a result? Can you, can you quantify that? I would, I would say for every – just from my sphere alone, for every 20 people I get some sort of lead or, a, or prospect. Of course, some of them don't always pan out, but I do uncover – at least one person for every 20 people that I talk to that is interested in buying or selling in the near future. I'd say that's probably that's probably good, that's a good ratio. It tells you that you really connect with people. But here's the thought, guys. What happens is the first time, I'm assuming I'm speaking to most of you who have been trying to do these passive electronic forms of communication. So the first time you talk with your past clients and your centers of influence, you may get a couple things. You're lucky. But generally speaking, it'll take maybe two or three months of, of following up and, and making these calls, and then they'll, you'll actually teach them to start looking for business for you. You'll, you'll get to, to the point where you're going to have – it won't be all of them, but if you have 100 people, you'll probably have 10 people that really proactively try to go out there and find you business. And if they haven't sent you the business, they'll say, you know what, I've got somebody right here. I was waiting for you to call. But if you don't make that call the following month, you've just basically blown what could have been one of the most profitable spokes on your income lead generation wheel. So what other spokes are you looking to build? What's, what's, your, what's your focus? Obviously, you're not going to you know, focus, follow one course until successful. You're going to continue to do what you're doing because it's obviously working. What are the other things, the other spokes you're adding to your wheel? Well, I'm doing a big focus on old expireds, expireds Good. from I'm going as back as five, six years. And the way I came across this one, it was kind of funny. I was working with a buyer uh, who wanted to be in a specific neighborhood, and this neighborhood, it, it was they were it was always multiple offers over asking for more than what they were what they could pay for. So I started mm -hmm. thinking, I was like, okay, I can't wait for another agent to put a house on the market because it's just going to be ridiculous competition and they're not going to get anything. So I started thinking outside the box. I was like, how can I find them something? So I started at, that's when I actually started looking at the old expireds in that neighborhood, telling them I had a buyer interested in buying in here. Would you reconsider selling your home? And I never got anything out of that first uh, mailing to them. Uh, they ended up finding another house. But a couple of months later, they actually called me back and said, hey, I got your, uh, a letter from you a couple months ago, and I'm ready to put my house on the market. So that was kind of like a – and that was just – I sent maybe – it was maybe five minutes worth of work. I just sent maybe 10, 10 note cards to people. And that right there, I was thinking, I was like, well, hold on a second. This might be something to continue pursuing. So I went in there, and I actually now kind of make that a, a daily minimum standard. Every day I reach out to these people, and uh, I would say in one month I picked up, I closed three sales just from that, maybe 20, 30 minutes a day just on, on reaching out to these old, uh, old expires from four or five years ago. There's some statistics out there, and I've read different things, but this is the general gist of it, listeners. It's something like 50% of all expireds relist within the first 30 days. So basically, they don't even take a lot of time off. They just go from one agent to the next. That's the reason it's important to call the new expireds. And by the way, guys, remember, always call. there's always going to be more expireds than the last day and the first day of the month. And here's another little secret for expireds. Look to call on the holidays. I know well, I'm not suggesting you call on you know, the big holidays, but if it's a holiday week, where essentially, like, you know, it happens over the weekend, 
that the holiday happens, and also it's the first day, last day, you're going to have an absolute boon of opportunity with going after expireds because other agents won't be calling and everybody will be home because it's a holiday week. There's probably three or four opportunities like that throughout the year, but look at your calendar. How many holidays fall around the last day, first day of a month? Put big old circles around that, and even if you've never called expireds before, call them then because that is a golden opportunity and you'll experience no competition. So 50% relist within 30 days or less around there, and then something like 25% relist within something like six months or less, and the other 25%, virtually all of them will relist within, you know, something like 18 months or less. The reality is some, someone, the, whatever originally motivated them put the house for sale, that motivation is still there. Um, and so over not usually too much time, they will relist the house, despite what they might tell you when you call them. Um, going after old expired is really genius. Um, go back to the expired, uh, uh, Luis and everybody else listening, go back to the expired that are literally six months old. Again, Chances are those guys are ready to put the houses for sale again. They won't use the previous agent because you know that agent hasn't called them because they were embarrassed they didn't get the house sold, right? Um, and then go after them. And all, the other thing to keep in mind is there's a lot of markets. Your market's one of them, my friend, where there's a lot of people that were underwater for a long time, and now they're not underwater anymore, and they might be wanting to sell their houses too. Just lots and lots of opportunity. Isn't that the coolest thing about real estate is everywhere you look there's opportunity? Don't you feel like that, Louise? There is. There's. There is so much business out there to be had, and if you just look, you'll you'll realize that the the, the sky is the limit. Well, so you're already making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. You already have basically, if I can tell, you've sensed the fact that literally whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe he will achieve, you are a living proof of that. So what do you look like, say, 12 months from now? What are your 12-month goals? Share them with the listeners if you don't mind. Well, uh, 12 months, so this time next year, as far as old. production, I will be 25. <laughs> 25. Okay, mm-hmm. you'll be a, you'll be an old man. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I my my goal. So this year, each year, I'm always trying to at least get a 50 percent or almost double or double my volume from last year. I'm, every year, I'm just trying to improve. So this mm-hmm. year, last year, my goal was five. Uh, this year is 10 million, so next year is is going to be 10 or 20, I should say, um, as far as volume, and then as far as production, you know, likewise. So this year I'm looking to close on 50 homes. Uh, this year, next year, uh, 75. Can I give you a little um, suggestion from someone who's a couple yes. decades older than you? And I think all of our listeners will appreciate sure. this. Those are great. Those are great goals. But if you really, really want to pay yourself, is save money. Start saving money. Start peeling off 10%, then 20%, and then you know 30%, because you don't have a lot of overhead right now, and so save as much money as you can while you're earning this money, and then research and become very smart, which you obviously are about where to put it and invest it. Real estate obviously is the low-hanging fruit, but there's lots of other opportunities in addition to that. Trust me, Luis. If you start saving now, when you're you know 20 years from now, you're going to be so happy that you did. It'll be the single greatest thing business-wise you've ever done. Hear me? I agree. I agree. Okay. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Luis, I'm excited about um, being your coach. I'm excited about you being part of our organization. I am really, really compelled to your story. I love it. I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to continue to succeed at the highest level. Um, Be proud of yourself, but know that you're just getting started. You're just at the first rung, and you have a long way to go, right? That's exactly right, and I'm excited for what the future entails. 
Listeners, there you go. There's a story of somebody who was able to basically work against the odds of being a full-time college student selling real estate, was very successful. And here he is. I think all of the listeners can clearly see that this guy is going to be one of these agents that we're going to be seeing on TV if he chooses to go that path and not uh, so distant future. So whatever your situation is, wherever you are, whatever you're confronted with, whatever you're challenged with, just remember, guys, you're not alone. A lot of the people have crossed those bridges to walk those paths. It's easier and it's a lot less stressful if you just follow in the footsteps of other successful people like Louise. Louise, if any of these guys want to send you referrals or get in contact with you, how do they do it? Uh, yeah, the best way would be to email me at Perez at WatsonRealtyCorp.com. That's C-O-R-P.com. And Louis spelled L-U-I-S-P-E-R-E-Z. Excellent. You have a fantastic day, Luis. Thank you for being my co-host. And listeners, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.